from the studios of One Jacks Productions. This is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. Uh, we are once again humbled and grateful that you have chosen to carve out some uh, precious time to um, spend with us, um, but we do hope it's not just to spend with us, but to spend with the Word of God and with the God of the Word. Um, my name is Robert Ingle. I am the Associate Pastor at One Baptist Church Jacksonville, sitting here with our Senior Pastor, Pastor Frank. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And with our praise team leader, Mr. Christopher Wing. How are you, my friend? I am blessed. I am blessed. Amen. All right. Well, if you were um, a um, listener of our last episode, uh, if not, we do um, implore you to uh, go back and give that a listen uh, when you can, because um, this episode and uh, several following this episode um, are built on our last one. Uh, it was last week when we discussed... Uh, the seven mysteries of God found in the uh, New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, and with that, we learn that we have been uh, instructed uh, to be not just stewards of them, but to be found as faithful stewards of them. Um, and we learn that it is not a negotiation. It is not um, a deliberation. Uh, it is required the Lord says, that we be found faithful. So um, if the Lord deems it that important, then you better uh, bet your bottom dollar. We do too. And so uh, we have just decided to carve out some time. Um, this episode, whatever whatever that looks like, and we just take one mystery at a time and um, just dive into what the Word of God has to say about that particular mystery. So without further ado... Um, let's jump right into it. We are going to be looking at uh, the mystery of godliness, the mystery of godliness, uh, which is also known as the incarnation. Uh, for those who may not be familiar with that term incarnation, um, we'll see in just a moment, biblically, that is God in flesh. God who um, put on human flesh, human bones, and walk this earth as a man, being fully man, uh, yet being fully God. And uh, we find this mystery <clears throat> in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And God puts a, a colon there, and he tells us what the mystery of godliness is. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. And, um, you know, we, we, we make much ado, as we should, about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. First mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter 15, 3 and 4, uh, the gospel, the resurrection according to scriptures. And um, we celebrate it um, on Resurrection Sunday every year. And, and man, if it were not for the resurrection, our faith is in vain, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so yes. But do know that if it wasn't for the incarnation, yeah. mm -hmm. there is not a resurrection. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is that important that, that, that God, in order for him to have died, 
he had to have put on flesh. He had to have been a man. And without faith, this mystery uh, could be probably one of the most um, outlandish doctrines in the Bible if we do not have faith, because it seemingly flies in the face of other scriptures prior to when Paul wrote. And, and when we uh, see the virgin birth um, in, in Matthew and in Luke, um, so without faith, um, just like the, those Jews back in Jesus' day, uh, when he would, um, when he was put on trial, so to speak, not his formal trial, but when they would approach him um, with deceit in their hearts, trying to tempt him, as the Bible says. Um, one such case is found in John chapter 10, verses 24 through 33. Um, and just to kind of summarize it, uh, the Jews came to him, and they said, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus says, I, I told you, and, and you don't believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, man, they bear witness of me. And he says that his sheep hear his voice there in verse 27, and then he knows them, and they follow him. Um, and, and then he says there in verse 30, I and my Father are one. And then... Notice what the response of the Jews is there in verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Well, first of all, this wasn't um, just the first instance because it says they took up stones again, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, but then they didn't say, amen, preach it, brother. They went to kill him. And Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of these or which of those works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. And so it is very clear from the get-go, when we see here what Jesus said, he, he did not mince his words, and, and his hearers, his audience, knew full well what he was doing because they went to kill him for it. Yeah, you know, that's such a, a important uh, piece of this is whenever you want to find out what God is trying to say or, or maybe specifically in the Gospels what Jesus is trying to say, uh, don't worry, the, the, the Pharisees will come to our rescue and uh, give us what was really going on there. And, uh, you know, at, uh, here's the thing. We have to understand that that word Christ uh, is not a swear word. Mm. It's not Jesus' last name. Uh, that word Christ means anointed one, uh, is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah. Right. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, here's the thing that's, that's just crazy about the whole thing and just kind of really has to blow your mind if you just don't think about it, I guess. Uh, you know, the Jews full well know who Messiah is is going to be sure that they know that messiah is going to be god in the flesh they know that they have to if they know the old testament scriptures they have to absolutely so the fact that we don't know that today is just you know you know whatever happened to the gentiles not being able to figure out the bible i don't know but mm. you know the jews certainly come to our rescue uh because they they, they, they give us the truth of the matter uh you know the reason why the jews wanted to kill jesus was because he made himself God. Mm -hmm. And so Jehovah Witness, take that, put it in your pipe, and smoke it. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, that is a very important aspect to all of this. Knowing that Jesus is God in the flesh 
is an absolute requirement mm-hmm. to the Christian faith. Uh, it's an absolute requirement to the Bible. It's an absolute requirement that God would be the one that would die on a cross for our sins. Mm. Uh, and and it, man, you know, just understanding that, just for me, uh, you know, I remember the day I got saved. It just changed everything. God left the throne room and the riches of heaven, came down here, put on flesh, mm-hmm. thought it not robbery mm-hmm. to be equal with God, yep. put on flesh, became a man, became obedient to the Father. And to and death. And that's a mystery. Yeah, that's we, Philippians we, we look chapter at that, two, by the way. Yep. We look at that and we just can't understand that. Mm. Like, well, that makes no sense. How could God come down here and become a man and then be called God still, but yet still call sure. him the Father? Like, how did? That's well, a mystery. As as I said earlier, with human reason, you can't. No. no, you have to have faith. You have to have the Spirit of God testifying to the Word of God. You know, and so why why was God why was Jesus calling God the Father? And, you know, people always say, well, Jesus really wasn't God. He was the son of God. That's true. He was the son of God. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. He was also the son of man. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. He was also God. I agree with that. And you say, well, how can he be all those different things? Well, it's, it's it really is pretty simple. The reason why Jesus submitted to the father was to teach us obedience. That, that's why he did it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so the mystery isn't isn't real. The cat's out of the bag. Well, if he's going to be fully man. Yeah. Then he has to set that example. Sure. Chris? So, yeah. Um, and, and real quick, I'm sorry, Chris, I don't want to cut you off, but um, I did want to also share something that you mentioned, Pastor Frank, with the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And I mean, that is just, um, I don't know how many Christians um, I've heard who um, hear that knock at the door or see them walking down the street and get afraid or intimidated or get turned sideways when they're talking to them and really just can't defend or biblically contend for the faith mm-hmm. um, when it comes to specifically what they will tell you, that, uh, no, Jesus wasn't God, and he definitely didn't claim to be God. So, he did. So when the Jehovah Witness comes knocking at your door, right, and we just go upstairs hmm. and don't answer the door, just understand that you have negated First hmm. Corinthians 4, mm-hmm. 1 and 2, because you were required to be a steward of that mystery. Yeah. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't really know how to answer them. <laughs> don't mean you're not going to be held accountable yeah. for it. Yeah, that's a very practical yeah. um, application to being and what it looks like to be faithful sure. to, to these mysteries. Yeah, and I just want to throw out there that I don't want our listeners to get the idea that we're attacking anyone when we call things out. Like, like for example, we're talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses. What, if we don't have anything against the people of the Jehovah's Witnesses or any other, you know... Uh, we got to be praying for them. Definitely. And love them. It, so it's not that we... It's the doctrines. It's the doctrines. Yeah, it's it's what what's talking. being taught. It's what's being, uh, you know, propagated. And, you mm-hmm. know, we're sitting here mentioning that, and, and, and I think it's inter- going to be necessary for us to mention that the, the doctrine or belief that the Jehovah's Witnesses are teaching is that they do not... They can't reconcile Jesus as God, both man and God. And so they separate the two and say that Jesus was just a man, a creation of God. He was not God in the flesh. And so that's why it's so important to know, again, these seven New Testament mysteries, because it's going to help us to clear up all the false doctrine that comes out of them, if you will. So and so not only 
concerning things like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the doctrine that they, they're teaching, but, you know, Frank, you were talking earlier, we read the verse, 1 Timothy 3.16, which is the verse for this particular mystery. It says, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. Well, uh, far be it for me to open up Pandora's box a little further, but, you know, you talked about how we're King James people here at, at One Baptist Church, and we most cer- certainly are. It's not a position that I uh, am scared to take. I, sure. I vehemently take that yep. for, for many reasons, but... This, like, being, this being one of them. This being one of them, like as we call out the false doctrine from other you know, groups such as the Jehovah's Witness and what they're teaching, we also have to be mindful that these other English Bible versions are, are just as guilty of, of propagating false doctrine in that they take words out and change words. Because if you read other English versions, it won't so, say so, that so, God so, was so before you even the go flesh. There, before you even go there, mm. if you're listening right now, we implore you. We, 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 we beseech you. If you've got an ESV or an NIV or an NASB or any other translation outside of a King James Bible, do, just do it. Open up the First Timothy three sixteen, mm-hmm. and go ahead and read. What does it say? Please do. Okay, and and what you're going to notice what it says is it's going to say he yep. was manifest in the flesh, and, yep. and and I don't think anyone in the world, a Jehovah Witness, isn't going to argue well, that of course. Jesus was manifest in of the course. flesh. Yeah. That's not that's not the issue. That the, and by the way, how is that even a mystery? Right. <laughs> right. That does take away the mystery part of it. I mean, there's no, no mystery part in there anymore. <laughs> if, if he was manifest in the flesh. No, the mystery, the, the key to that, minish, that, that mystery is that Jesus <laughs> was manifested in the flesh as God. Mm-hmm. God was manifested. That's the mystery. Yeah, uh, and, and when you take that out and you change that. Changes Sorry, everything. I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, I, that, I, was, I, that was what yeah. I was going to say. I oh. mean, it's. That, that's why that's it's what so I do. Important. I take things out of your. I, yeah, I, like, I, so I before you say that, let me say that. That's <laughs> okay. We're all on the same page. Yeah, because yeah, we're go. all reading the same book. Well, I want. I want to take credit. Yes. No, <laughs> I don't want to give you credit. At least you're humble. Here's about where a sound effect comes in. Play something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so man, this is good. Uh, what I want to do is um, let's just take a few uh, passages where. Um, by comparing Scripture with Scripture, um, this mystery of godliness uh, is confirmed uh, throughout the Word. Um, so I'm going to ask for um, Chris, if you would take um, take us to John chapter 20, um, verses 26 through 28. Um, and while you're looking for that, Pastor Frank, if you could take us to um, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 20. And um, as you guys are going there, I'm going to go ahead and um, share John chapter 1. Uh, verses 1 through 3, and then tag on verse 14, uh, because, you know, we're, we're talking about um, Jehovah's Witnesses. I almost said them by their name that I like to call them Jehovah's False Witnesses. But uh, when we're talking about that, um, this is such a pivotal verse, and it really ties into the conversation we just had about um, versions of the Bible, um, because um, they're going to use their own version called the New World Translation, which drastically mm-hmm. and um, erroneously changes uh, verse 1. Um, but the, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. The Word was not a God. The Word was, capital G, God. Verse 2, The same was in the beginning with God. All things, verse 3 says, were made by Him. Who is the Him, verse 3 is talking about? It is the Word. Well, who is the Word? We'll get there. All things were made by Him, and without Him, the Word, was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in Him, the Word, was life, and the life was the light of men. And then in verse 14, 
God adds his own commentary on his word, and he says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All things were made by Jesus. Why? How? Because he was and is God. Verse 4, In him Jesus was and is life. Who else has the power to give life but God himself? And so just 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 a, a, a tool to put in your toolbox, as it were, um, to help you, um, as Jude says, to contend for the faith, but also just to really solidify why you believe, as a believer out there, why do you believe what you say you believe? So, um, Chris, did you can you um share with us John twenty verses twenty six through twenty eight and just give us some thoughts on that? Uh, John twenty, twenty six through twenty eight. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered, and said unto him, and here we go, My Lord and my God. Mm. Yep, That's where we get that whole entire phrase of the doubting Thomas. You know, Thomas didn't believe that Jesus was God. Um, so you read these verses here, and it becomes clear that when he did see him and laid his eyes on him and realized he was the risen Jesus who was crucified, he then knew who he really was. He was my Lord and my God. So I have a question. If Jesus was, as some suppose, just a good teacher, or a good prophet, a, a good man... Who then, lied. Yeah. Apparently because the Jews said, you make yourself right. God. Yeah. Well, he must have been lying. Right. That's what a good teacher does. You know, yeah. That's what my teachers did that, right? That's what a good man does. By the way, that they do that in in, in church, or I mean, in uh, schools today, right? They teach us no. the evolution, mm, of course, and the theory of evolution, the yeah. theory no. of the mm. Big Bang theory. I mean, good teachers teach us lies. Yeah. So, um, if that's all he was, and he was not the Son of God, he was not. God, then, then why would Jesus have not taken this opportunity to correct poor, misleading Thomas, who called him my Lord and my God? Would not a good prophet, a good teacher, a good man want to redirect error and give worship to God who alone deserves worship? Mm-hmm. What did Jesus do? He, he did not respond with any kind of a, a response that would uh, negate that worship from him. He accepted that. By the way, he's the only one in the Bible who accepted worship. Amen. Everybody yeah. else tried to accept worship, and they told him no. Including yeah. angels. Yeah. When John, in Revelation, bowed before him, he said, no, no, mm-hmm. get up. Peter did the same thing. Peter. Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Jesus accepted the worship. Amen. Amen. So so here you have a, a man who, who called out to, to Jesus Christ and called him God. Um, Pastor Frank, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, I think it was. Can you share with us? Yeah, First John five twenty says, and, and we know that the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even His in His Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Mm-hmm. I would also ask, add First uh, John five seven, mm-hmm. for there are three that bear record in heaven: the yeah. Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Amen. Absolutely, and um. I'm going to jump on that uh, King James bandwagon with y'all for just a mm-hmm. second because it's that verse also that um, if you 
um, do not have a King James Bible uh, at your disposal, then you are not going to be able to read what you just read. First John five seven. Correct. Mm-hmm. You uh, are going. So to again, if anybody's listening, go ahead, grab your Bible. Sure. If you don't have a King James, open up to First John five seven, and go ahead and read the footnote because that's all you're going to have. Or it just won't be all there all together. It'll just yeah. say there are three that bear record. Or a three that witness. Well, all I'm saying is, is like most that. most most of these new new translations are going to have a footnote. There yeah. might be a footnote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, they're going to tell which you which will like read, by the way, earlier manuscripts do not mm-hmm. hold right, this, et cetera, et cetera. Which is actually that's a lie, because mm. uh, I could I could show you early church fathers yeah. that quoted the verse. Yeah, Polycarp did, didn't he? Polycarp didn't quote the verse verbatim, mm. but he certainly ma- he certainly it. made mention of right. the verse, no doubt. Yeah, and he was a disciple of John. John, yes. John. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Robert, real quick, before we move sure. on, I just want to jump back on that John 1 1 real quick. Um, and this is this is just for information. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, listen. Uh, I, I love uh, in, in our network, we, for One Baptist Church is part of a, a network of churches called LFBI. Living Faith Bible Institute. Yeah. Uh, if you if you can just real quick speak to that, like what that is, um, if anyone's interested in getting involved with that, um, what it's what we're about. Yeah, li- the the Living Faith Bible Institute is a network of uh, churches uh, throughout the uh, eastern and southern states, uh, uh, and uh, basically it's a it's a college. Uh, we, we we have a a representative college where we actually teach uh, students uh, the Word of God. Um, and, and very, very important doctrines of the Word of God. Uh, it's just a network of churches that work together, uh, believe the same thing, teach the same thing. We're, we're not alone here in Jacksonville. Actually, one Baptist church is, we actually have three churches. We have one in uh, Douglasville, uh, Georgia, and one in Stallings, North Carolina. Uh, we got Pastor uh, Billy Wood in, in, in our uh, Douglasville church, and then uh, uh, Goodman is over there in uh, Carolina. So it's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's just a network of churches, man, that believe the same thing, and and the, the LFBI network basically, uh, uh, again, like I said, it's a, it's just our own college where yeah. we uh, people can earn credits and and, and such. And um, what I love about the and we'll get to the yeah, yeah. To, to the mystery here, but what I love about the uh, Living Faith Bible Institute is um, it, it is a group of a network of churches uh, that have a faith based view of the Bible that is that God has preserved. His word for us today, that it is not just in the original manuscripts uh, it that, we would, don't have. that we don't have anyway, uh, that um, it, it is not a, a textual criticism approach to the Bible um, or a what did God really mean by that approach mm-hmm. to the Bible, uh, but we believe what God said, yeah. every word. Amen. And so um, if you are interested in that or want to find out more about it, we encourage you to LFBI. log on to... Yes, LFBI.org. We encourage you to log on, um, just see what we're about there, um, and uh, you will definitely be blessed by that. But Pastor Frank, uh, you were talking about John chapter 1 and verse 1 there. Yeah, so uh, one of one of, uh, one of of the gentlemen in our network here uh, that uh, I personally have taken a liking to is a, is a gentleman by the name of Greg Axe. And he, he wrote a book on history of the church. Church history. And one of the things he said in the church that I, I just really loved uh, as a, a history buff myself, um, he said this, facts are a stubborn thing. And, and really, if you just stop and you consider that statement for a second, it, it really is uh, a, a pretty straightforward statement. Uh, you know, listen, 
a proven fact is stubborn. You can't make it something that it isn't. And so going to that John 1-1 one, one passage, uh, here, here, here's a nice little fact that uh, a lot of people unfortunately don't know. I had the great pleasure in my schooling to study Greek. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I say that. <laughs> I know who your teacher te- was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but, but uh, you know, listen, as hard as it was to learn that original biblical language uh, of, of, of the Greek, uh, um, you know, there was a bunch of nice little facts that I got out of there that are worth the, worth the note, worthy to note. I, I want to give you one right now. So the Jehovah Witnesses, unfortunately, uh, in, in John 1.1, 1, 1, will, uh, in their New World Translation, will say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Well, here's a neat little fact. Again, facts are a stubborn thing. In the Greek language, they don't have an indefinite article. Right. So, and you say, well, what, what does that mean? Well, in the English language, we have what's called a definite article and an indefinite article. The definite article in the English language is the word the. So whenever you see that word the, you're talking about the definite, a definite article. Whenever you see the word a or an, that's the indefinite article. Okay, and by the way, um, just so everyone knows what, uh, what uh, the indefinite article is used for, it is used before a noun, now watch this, that identifies uh, or that's identity is unknown. I love it. So that's what the word uh is used for in the hmm. uh, 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 the English language. But but I only say that to say to read a New World Translation and to insert the word uh there, hmm. you did that off your own volition. You didn't do that based off of any manuscripts because none of the manuscripts would have had it there. Yeah, it was it is, it is, it's an impossibility for it to, to be there because in the Greek they did not have an indefinite article. There's zero manuscripts that have that in there. Zero, zero. Mm. So and just insert that there is is you 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 made a presupposition and you decided to make us say something that fit your line of thinking. And look how massively that changes everything with just adding a. Yep. And everything's different. One little word. One little word. So sure. maybe God said something about every jot and tittle. That, that might be important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as we're talking about this, what comes to mind is um, in that particular rendering, and the word was a God, that erroneous rendering. Um, I think 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 calls someone else a God. Yep. A little G God of this world. Yes, sir. Satan. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, didn't he want to be like the most high? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that in that false doctrine, in that uh New World Translation, um, he got what he wanted, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I just wonder who really is behind yeah. that system. Well, if these are all mysteries, and I don't really wonder. That was yeah, just if these are all if these are <laughs> all mis- if these are, if these if these are seven mysteries to the church that we are to be uh, presenting uh, and be held faithful to and stewards over. There's no doubt about it. You better you better mark it down. That Satan's going to do everything he can yeah. to destroy and disrupt these seven mysteries. Yeah, and and and, and listen, that is why knowing them is that much more important. Because if you don't know them, you are going to be susceptible to 
every wind of doctrine. Yeah. Sure. I mean, who, yeah. who knows? Here, here's a beautiful thing. I, I, I'll say this. No doubt about it. If you know and live the seven mysteries that we are presenting here over the course of these next few weeks, if you know these, you will live the Christian life mm. the way you are supposed to. And rightly dividing the word. No doubt about it. Yeah. You will. And know you, how to recognize false doctrine. Absolutely. You will be the biblical Christian that God's called. This isn't by accident. Well, that's probably why we're required to be found faithful of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it isn't by accident. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So we, we've been talking about some New Testament scriptures that, that validate this mystery, but um, I want to talk about some Old Testament scriptures yeah. that, that do the same. Um, and Chris, I want to uh, ask if you could uh, maybe just share with us some of the um, Old Testament uh, scriptures, prophecies that come to mind um, when we think about and talk about the uh, the incarnation, uh, the mystery of godliness. Sure. I mean, in Isaiah chapter 7, I mean, this is like, you know, our, our Christmas verses that we like to read, and we just we think about them in, in the light of, you know, oh, that's a nice little verse that we have for Christmas, but there's so much more involved in in these verses, such as Isaiah seven fourteen, which says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And that short little verse, though we like to read it for our Christmas time, is, is, is a very important verse as it pertains to this particular mystery of the incarnation of God in the flesh. That, that's what that w- happened in the Old Testament. It was prophesied that Jesus was going to be, uh, that well, he was going ma- to come. And Matthew and, one and Matthew one twenty three right, is the fulfillment. Tells us the interpretation exactly. of that word, Emmanuel, is yes, God which with is us. God with us. Yes. Yeah. So wait a second. I mean, Jesus is God with us. I mean, everybody knows that. Like, you'll say something, yeah, yeah, which is interpreted God with us, but... You gloss right over no. like there's such a that has such deep profound in, implications, especially with this particular mystery, because that is what how God revealed Himself to man through the Son Jesus. Yeah. He was God in the flesh, the Word made flesh. Yeah, and, and we see it in, in, in scriptures, um, just plain as day. But we see it in type also, in in, in picture um, in Genesis chapter twenty two, yeah, uh, with with Abraham and Isaac, yep. um, and with um, the, uh, the 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 offering that that God called Abraham to uh, to give his one and only son, Chris. Would you his only beloved? Amen. The first the first mention of the word love. There you go. Yes. Okay. W- would you just kind of uh, share a little bit about um, Genesis twenty two and, and how that prophesies in type of the mystery of godliness? Okay, so um, I'm gonna get to Genesis twenty two here real quick. Yeah. I mean, Genesis 22 is the the offering of Abraham offering his son Isaac, and and so the similitude all over that 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 particular story, um, Isaac representing uh, Jesus who was going to come and be a the sacrifice for us, because Abraham offering up his only begotten son is what it says, I believe. It, if I can remember where the verse is, if you guys remember where that is, just let me know. I do believe it says that he offered up his only yeah his um, only son. Pastor Frank, you were just talking about that. Just trying to Somewhere find the here. verse here. Uh, verse 2. Is it verse 2? 22, 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, yeah, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I shall, which I will tell thee of. And so Abraham rose up early, and he, he went to do that. Yeah, it says, Thine only son. And when you read first, or when you read John 3.16, that verse that everybody knows, it, it tells us that, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And so that whole entire thing pictures the Abraham 
offering up his son is a picture of, of the father offering up his son to us, Jesus. So uh, you see that pictured in the Old Testament to the New, that, that as, as Jesus came in the flesh to, do, to fulfill that. Uh, picture yep. and type that you see here in Genesis chapter 22. Yep. Abraham representing the father, Isaac representing the son, Jesus. And, and, and it goes even further there in verse 8 um, when uh, Abraham is bringing up his son in the mountain there and, and Isaac's looking around and he sees all the components for the offering, uh, yet he says, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And, and there in verse 8, Abraham says something that is quite profound. Um, he says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering, and um, he he does not say that he will provide a lamb, mm-hmm. and that's it. He does not say he will provide for himself a lamb. He will provide himself right a lamb mm-hmm. for a burnt offering. Exactly what he did, and that he is exactly what he did. He provided himself as the substitutionary atonement as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, John chapter 1. And it's just an amazing thing. Uh, we, we say this all the time, the wording, every word matters. And when, when you look at that text um, in, in various other versions of the Bible, um, those words have been uh, rearranged, and they have been changed uh, just in the name of ease of readability, so to speak. Um, but uh, just just a, a powerful uh, picture, one of many of um, the uh, the types and prophecies of um, God in the flesh. Pastor Frank, do you have any others that you can share with us? Uh, yeah, you know the one that I think of uh, often to to kind of uh, quote unquote prove the incarnation. Uh, there's so many, uh, but uh, probably the most for me, the most profound one. Uh, is found in Zechariah chapter twelve. Mm. Um, you know, if you, if 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 you were just if you got a Bible and you want to turn over to Zechariah twelve real quick, uh, let me just quickly show you something, mm-hmm. and I think you'll uh, you'll at least have to if you don't believe that Jesus is God, uh, you're about you'll, to. <laughs> you're, you'll at least have to uh, scratch your head for a minute. Um, you know, it starts off uh, the chapter does Zechariah twelve and says the burden of the word of the Lord. Uh, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Uh, when you see that, the capital L O R D, which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you need a King James Bible to do that. You are uh, correct. But if you do see that, uh, what you what you what you what your understanding is that he's talking about Jehovah God, the self-existing one. Uh, so uh, right here in Zechariah 12, we notice that uh, that whatever is being said here is the burden. Uh, of uh, the Lord. Uh, and then in verse 2, it says, Behold, I, so who's the I? The that would Lord. be Jehovah God, mm-hmm. will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. Verse 3 says, And in that day will I, Jehovah, make Jerusalem a burdensome stone. Uh, in that day, saith Jehovah, verse 4. Uh, verse uh, uh, 6 says, In that day will I, that being Jehovah again. Uh, verse 7 Jehovah also shall save the tents. Uh, in verse 8, in, the, in that day shall Jehovah defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Uh, in verse uh, number ten or 9, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that I, Jehovah, will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Now, now watch, verse 10, And I, who's the I? That's Jehovah. Jehovah. It says, Will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace, oh, okay, 
and of supplications, and they shall look upon me, who? Jehovah Jehovah, whom they have pierced. And I look at, and they shall mourn for him as one that shall mourn for his only son. So there, right there in this verse, we know that Jehovah is going to get pierced. We know that he's going to be mourned for as one, as, a, as an only son. So now we're, we've got Jehovah referenced as a son and shall be in bitterness for him and one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And I'm pretty sure Jesus was called the firstborn of creation. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so now you look at that and you go, well, okay, what does that mean? Jehovah's going to get pierced. I don't know. That could mean anything. Well, now hold on a minute. Here's, here's more. Where, here's where the word of God comes to your rescue if you compare scripture with scripture. If you turn yourself over to John chapter number 19, mm-hmm. uh, you, uh, you will find yourself in the midst of the story of Jesus' crucifi- crucifixion. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, we love here at, uh, at One Baptist Church, uh, because probably because God uses it to declare his uh, doctrines, is prophecy. Uh, prophecy is a key teacher. Uh, and so you're, you're kind of reading through down through this, uh, this uh, account if you will, of the, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus. And when you get to verse number uh, uh, 35, uh, well, let's start at 34. It says, but one of the soldiers, I'm in John 19, but one of the soldiers with the spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith uh, true, that ye might believe. For these things, what things? What just happened to Jesus? were done that the scriptures should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. And of course, that is in reference to Exodus 12, uh, when it's Passover talking about lamb. the Passover lamb and right. how the Passover right. lamb can, uh, you can't break a bone of the lamb. Yeah. And then now look at verse 37. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. Mm-hmm. And well, of course, sounds that's like Zechariah, Zechariah 12. Yeah. So in Zechariah 12, there's no doubt about it. Who was getting pierced? It was Jehovah. Amen. And here we are now in John 19, and there's no doubt about it. The reference is made to Zechariah 12, and who's the one hanging on that cross that was pierced? Mm-hmm. Jehovah Jesus. God, yeah. Jesus. It's important to note, whenever you see the, the Old Testament quoted in the New Testament, go back and reference the context of that, because you'll often see that this is how it works. It's showing how Jesus is God. You know, and it's he's fulfilling those verses. So that's why we've said before that prophecy is tied directly to doctrine and be able to rightly divide the word of God. And when you see that happen, do yourself a favor and go back and read those Old Testament scriptures because that's what the, the the apostles and everybody were were preaching Jesus from was the Old Testament. So it, it, the Old Testament is rife with verses that prove that Jesus is God. And if I could add another example, if we got time for that, is that all right? Yeah, please. Uh, so there's this there's this whole uh, concept that Jesus made appearances in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and we would call that Christophanies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so one of those ways that he did that was through uh, what's called the angel of the Lord. Yep. And so just to really quickly give this example, so we don't park too on it too long, but in Exodus chapter three, we we've si- we saw that whole story of the burning bush, mm-hmm. and how God spoke to Moses out of that bush. Well, when you read Exodus uh, chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, talking about Moses, and beheld the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And then in verse 4, a couple of verses later, it says, And when the Lord saw, he turned and, mm-hmm. and set aside to see, called unto him out of the midst of the bush. So the angel of the Lord 
is called the, the Lord Jehovah God. Yeah. And then, and again, in verse 14, it says, when, when Moses was like, well, he was telling him to go back to Egypt and to the Pharaoh and tell him to let his people free. And right. Moses is like, you know, how can I do that? Well, I'm, I'm not able to do that and doubting himself. And he goes, well, if I go back, who am I going to tell him sent me? And so the angel of the Lord, who is the Lord, came, spoke out of that bush to Moses, says, tell him this. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Amen. And he said, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And so then when you fast forward all the way to the New Testament, again in the Gospel of John, yes. and, and by the way, let, let me just point out the Gospel of John is the entire uh, book is all about proving Jesus', Jesus deity, that Jesus is God. So that's why we're spending so much time. So we spend so much time in it. Yeah. So when you get all the way back there or over there to John chapter eight, yes. And Jesus is speaking there. He says unto them that the Jews he was talking to, he says, verse verily, 58, verse 58, I'm sorry, 858. Jesus say, said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you before Abraham was, I am. He referenced himself as being the I am. Of, of that Old Testament in the bush. And what did the Jews do in and response to that? In tried verse to kill him again. They took up stones to cast at him. And why did they do that? Because they knew what he was saying. He was yeah. calling himself the great I am, the Lord Jehovah God. Amen. Mm. Not a very good teacher. <laughs> I mean, he must have been lying. Sure. Yeah. Mm. You know, so as we're wrapping up here, um, and, and we're talking about the uh, this first mystery, the mystery of the godliness, the, the mystery of incarnation. Let's just real quick talk about why this mystery is so important. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple things, and then uh, Robert, I think you have some uh, hearsays that you wanna get, talk about what uh, hap- has happened because of our failure mm-hmm. to hold up uh, the church's failure to hold up to this mystery over the past uh, especially 100 years or so. Um, but listen, uh, here's the thing, okay? Uh, Jesus, uh, Colossians 2.9 says, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, that word Godhead, uh, so that we're clear on that, that is the Trinity. That is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And in Jesus dwelled all of that. Um and and and, and uh, Romans one twenty references it as well, uh, when we, when it talks about his eternal power and and, and Godhead. Um, here is the uh, from a practical standpoint. Here is the reason why the mystery of godliness is is so important. And what's what's really cool about these seven mysteries is they interweave with one another. Mm-hmm. Yep. They they all work together. With the other ones, uh, but by the way, that's exactly what the Bible does. Uh, so of course, uh, God would do that. But but here's why it's important to understand uh, that 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 uh, the incarnation. A uh, couple reasons, if I could. Number one, uh, it's because as First John tells us, um, not knowing that Jesus is God is a direct correlation to not being saved knowing that Jesus is God in the flesh uh, is is a requirement of biblical salvation. Uh, so do with that what you will, uh, but there's no doubt about it uh, that that is a, a clear factual statement made by, it's the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. And, and, and salvation cannot be wrought. Uh, number two is once you realize that, God, uh, 
Jesus is God in the flesh. He, he was incarnated. Then what happens is that incarnation uh, needs to be realized from an experiential fact. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when you get saved, when you get born again, God in the flesh takes up residence in you. Another mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like I said, they, they tie together. Yep. Okay, and so what does that mean? That God lives in me, and you don't think there's an accountability to that? You don't think there's a... Listen, Jesus is the very... Here's a picture for you, right? The tabernacle in the Old Testament is a... what was patterned after something that's in heaven. It was the physical manifestation of something that was in heaven. What is happening, and that tabernacle, by the way, uh, is the place where Jehovah God was able to dwell yeah. with his people. Yep. Listen, think about it for a second. When we get saved, God dwells in us. That tabernacle literally takes up residence in us. Uh, man. Second Corinthians five seventeen doesn't. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away; all things become new. Listen, if there is not a transformation that has taken place in someone's life, and I'm not talking about, oh yeah, you know, I kind of not do those things I used to do. I kind of do. Listen, there is something very, very, very serious about all of this. This body, this vessel, has become a vessel for God. And there is a consecration, a sanctification, holiness, uh, all those, that, that, that stuff that we find in Leviticus that we love not to read, uh, all of that <laughs> stuff yeah. becomes vitally important to understand. But you, you, you'll never get there if you don't really truly understand not only that Jesus is God, but why the incarnation? Mm-hmm. What, what, what was the reason for it? One of, the, one of the reasons, among many, we've already talked about them, but let me close with this. For me, one of the reasons is because it's teaching you that God is going to take up residence in you. God took up residence in the body of Jesus. So God can do it. He did it. And he he can do it within us too. Yeah. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. Mm-hmm. That same power is inside of us. So to sit to run around and say, I can't do this and I can't hold I can't do these mysteries of God. I can't hold then you don't have God in you. Because if you have God in you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yeah. Amen. The the important, I mean, you you were hitting on it. uh, The big, big deal here with all these mysteries is that it will, they ultimately do have, they do come back to um, playing a role in salvation. Like everything ultimately is going to come back to that somehow. You can tie all, and that's why it's so vitally important to understand, know these, these New Testament mysteries, because not only is it going to help you to uh, understand uh, how to refute the false doctrine, but in the end, it's going to ha- come back to salvation somehow, and so that's why it's so important. Because if if 
if there are those who, who are portraying things the wrong way and we're able to recognize that, we're, we're going to be able to be equipped now to identify that so that we can help lead people to Christ. It, it's ultimately going to come back to what one believes about their soteriology, about salvation. And, and you were saying that, that the reason that this is so important is to understand uh, because it means that you know, we can be saved. And it made me think of some verses in 1 John uh, pertaining to Jesus, to understanding that Jesus is God being uh, important for salvation. Because in 1 John uh, 4, 2, it says, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Yeah. And then 1 John 5, 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also is begotten of him. So it, it definitely the important thing here is that it does come right down to salvation and what that really is. And, and if you don't understand these, you're going to get that wrong. And before Robert, before you close, I'm going to take a shameless plug here. Cool. Um, you know, this mystery particularly is uh, kind of special to me because that's, uh, you know, I wrote a book called The Revealing. And, you know, if you stop and you think about it, right, uh, it's the uh, John 17. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 17. Uh, God wrapped himself in flesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately it, what he did is he revealed his glory when he tore back that flesh. Uh, I think you've made mention to that already. Uh, and then, you know, the book that I wrote there, and I, I entitled it The Revealing, and although it is a word-by-word commentary of the book of Revelation, ultimately what the book of Revelation ultimately leads to is uh, the revelation of the fact that God is going to come back to this planet and uh, set up his kingdom. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, so anyways, uh, you know, this, this first uh, uh, one, this first mystery uh, kind of takes on a special meaning to me. And by the way, if, you, if you're interested in that book, like I said, I'm going to take a shameless plug here. Uh, you're going you're gonna to head over to onebaptistjacks.world. Uh, that's our church website, onebaptistjacks.world. And uh, you will find uh, a, a tab there that will get you to where you need to go to, uh, to get that book. And listen, also, while we're at it, uh, we invite you. Uh, every Thursday night, uh, we do a uh, uh, at church uh, from uh, seven to about eight fifteen. Uh, we just do a roundtable, man, where we just talk about the previous podcast. And so, listen, if you're listening in, uh, why don't you come on over on a Thursday night, and you can you can have your questions literally answered in person. Uh, so come check us out. Come see what we're about, man. Come meet us. We would love to meet you. And uh, find out what we're about. You know, hey, we, we're probably not for everybody. Uh, but I'll tell you this, if you want to be a biblical Christian, uh, you know, I'm not saying you can't go anywhere else, but I know you'll get it where we are. Uh, and so. The Revealing, that's a pretty cool name. We should consider calling our podcast that. Yeah, wouldn't that be I cool? like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good <laughs> idea. So um, just to wrap this up, you know, I think to bring it on a, on a very practical level, if it hasn't been already for you, um, just, just consider... Um, the heresies that um, rightly dividing, understanding, and applying the mystery of godliness will correct. Because, um, you know, living in this uh, Laodicean church age, the church in the 21st century, where it, it really is, man, it, it's all about us in, in our Laodicean mindset, though it's really not about us, but we think it is. Um, churches are just pastors, and, 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 I'm, and I'm not pointing my finger, uh, except at myself as well. Uh, we have strayed so much and started getting to the point to where we want to talk about how men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti and <laughs> and how to be a, a better this and a, and a more uh, hard work, you know, whatever it is. And 
we, we, we've emphasized the entertainment aspect of church, and we've, we've taken music and, and done that for an hour and then given a 15, 20-minute message, and we just have everything so backwards. If we have just been faithful to, to preaching the mystery of godliness, I think I can just sum it up in one statement. Uh, there would be no Western Christian cults anywhere on the planet today. Do you, uh, can you can Robert? Do you do, can you can you mention? And we're not again. We yeah. already said we're not trying to call out. Well, uh, no, people, but, but we are trying to call out false. Yeah, one one we already have the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, uh, just like them, you'll see the Mormons who, who come around knocking at your doors, um, and, and they'll Go tell you some things. One. Yeah, they're going to tell you some things. Hit the big one. Um, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, hey, if we're going to do this, let's do it. Right. You're not talking about the uh, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, are you? I am. <laughs> <laughs> the doctrine, the doctrine. Uh, yes. Again, yeah, we're just talking about the doctrine here, folks, so don't get yeah. upset at us. Yeah, you um, know, I, and I'm reminded, it, it really comes down to, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus posed that question to uh, to Peter, I believe, and he says, who do you say that I am? And we all have to um, reconcile that. We have to come to terms with who Jesus is, not who we think Jesus is, because um, Paul makes it very clear that in Galatians and in 1 Corinthians that there is another Jesus that is being preached, that is another spirit that is being received, another gospel that is being preached and believed on. No, the biblical Jesus, mm-hmm. who do you say that I am? We, we have to come to terms with that, and we have to biblically. So, so we do hope that uh, this session on the mystery of uh, godliness uh, has maybe helped you a little bit come to terms with that. And um, if, if we've gone too fast over something for you and you need to go back, please take advantage of that capability that you have. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and uh, put a bow on this one. Um, uh, but we will definitely... What are we, we listening? What are we doing next time? Uh, we are going to be talking about the mystery of the indwelling. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. We, we actually made reference to that in this yeah, episode, I think. But uh, Christ in you, mm-hmm. the mystery of the indwelling. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, hopefully you are too. Um, we look forward to uh, joining uh, you joining us next time. But until then, um, have a good day, and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.